So, Bolo, how far with your crypto stuff now? How is, how is the market? Well, the market has been doing really well for some time. Um, we've seen it to be tough. Why are you saying it seriously as if it's a panel session? <laughs> My friend, talk to me. What's going on? No, the market has been dope. Um, it has been yeah, stagnant been for some time. I mean, I think we are currently at 27 or 28k. That's Bitcoin. But we started, I think we started the year even lower. So Yeah, but you guys don't seem to want to get share of scandals. MTI, Mirror Trading International, the fraud case has gotten an update and you guys don't seem to want to stay care of controversy. I mean, last year it was Sam Bachman fried. But, but it has reduced. It has reduced. It has reduced, year. like, how many months? And you say, you know, we are always in the news. You're really in the news. Yeah, like when normal bank was collapsing, even instead of you guys to actually just lay under the radar, but no, a crypto focused bank had to also collapse. I mean, it is what it is, man. Then <laughs> your government, <laughs> your government says they regulate blockchain, but they don't regulate crypto. I mean, it's really weird because. Blockchain was what the, the word is actually like they've approved the use of blockchain, which is weird because it's like saying you've approved the use of say JavaScript or I don't know. It's like it's something that was never banned, it's something that was never stopped. Mm, you approved the use of beans, but you can't use Akara. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I mean crypto is one of the uh, applications of blockchain. So it's weird, yeah, but what, what they are saying now is that um, you now, regulators, like the Indemnita and all of them will now like create a regulatory framework for the use of blockchain, which I think is, which I think is not that it's unnecessary, but I guess the main reason why they are doing this, when you think about it, is probably for banks, right? Because banks, banks don't, They've been told to no, no, not to touch anything blockchain, crypto related. So, I mean, blockchain is not crypto, but if you are playing with blockchain and government does not understand what you are doing, and government hears blockchain, it can come for you. But I guess banks can now use it, use the technology for themselves to probably improve whatever it is that you do. Uh, thinking about it now, I actually think it makes sense because we might now have. Um, you, I think we've seen some companies that want to use blockchain for something real estate, something here and there. Maybe now the go ahead for them will now be better. I don't know. And but the regulatory environment yeah. is clearer yes. for them. So now that it has been approved, again, let me say it was not banned, but now that it has been officially approved, maybe we'll now see more use cases for blockchain maybe people will not be afraid to do things with blockchain okay I'm, I'm hearing kenya's communication authority will be setting up a platform which is it a spyware or something to detect fake phones okay Yes, <laughs> that is a very very weird thing. I'm I mean, telling you. no, but it's it reminds me of my school days, right? Mm -hmm. Twenty, I think it was twenty fourteen. I went to Ring Road in Benin, 
and bought Samsung Galaxy S4 for 13,000 naira. S4? <laughs> what year was this? 2014. Don't oh. worry, don't worry. It, <laughs> you don't even don't, don't even think about exchange rate. I bought rubbish. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not even looking at the exchange rate like I'm Did you I'm know? Did you know at the time? I was thinking I was thinking it was a steal. Like I heard ah, you could get cheap phones mm. at Ring Road. Then I went to buy a Samsung yeah. Galaxy S4. Me and my friend, we bought one each. Child. A cheap problem. And it was a disaster, like very, very classic disaster. <laughs> but I mean, those are for I feel for me, I feel like that's like par for the course in, yeah. in the African market, right? Fake. The phone was very, very fake. Like 4G was just blasting on top, like woo. <laughs> very big 4G sign. Mm. That should have been the sign that hey. Something I mean, is wrong. <laughs> back, back then, a lot of a lot of phones were actually fake back then. So Except you are not using feature phones. Has it reduced? I think I think it has. I think a lot of those phones have now become more. I mean, look at tech. If you look at techno several years ago, <laughs> you say techno was a fake. No, techno. No, no, techno's no. techno's value proposition was clear. Mm. For those of you that don't have money, that you don't have money, this is an affordable entry point into the smartphone space, and it does a very good job. I mean, mm. I see Twitter people talking about who still uses techno. The people that use techno and Infinix, there are more than people that use iPhone and Samsung, like by far yeah. in Africa. So, techno's and Infinix value proposition is very, very clear and straightforward. They give you good value for the money you are paying, right? Mm. It doesn't have the longevity of iPhone or Samsung, but I mean, you're not buying an iPhone or Samsung. You're not so buying an iPhone exactly. or Samsung. So, but my concern is, what? Why is this an issue that the government should be worried about? That's that's what I'm thinking about right now. Okay, so just just to clarify, let me just clarify what exactly is going on in Kenya. So, what they are trying to do is, they are trying to install something called a device management system that will on mobile phones through the telcos that will allow them know which phones are fake right and the issue there is that people are there's their privacy concerns right like if the government installs you know they, they're able to install these things in people's phones it's possible that they might get access to they might invade on people's privacy they must start listening in on your calls no the kind of text you are sending, and it's not just people raising these things. Even the telcos themselves are raising these concerns that why this should not be done. But um, from what we are hearing now, the um, Supreme Court has granted um, the Communications Authority in Kenya access to actually do this, so they can install. And then the Communications Authority is saying, "Oh no, we will not be listening on calls. We won't get access to anything. So just give us." Um, is we'll just be able to detect oh this is the identification number of this phone and this is the user that is all we will know. But Safaricom is saying no, this thing you could actually see a lot more. You could know a lot more um, through this thing, and then which now takes us back to the question you asked that why is the com- government concerned with fake phones? Yeah. I mean, I might want to. I might be interested in buying the knockoff iPhone 14 Pro Max just to show up. Like how is that your business? Are we as long as the phone serves like is it that normally people cannot when you think about Africa and phones, people there are kind of phones that people cannot really afford. Right? When and you know, I saw a statistic in Kenya, like when you look at feature phones to 
smartphones. People are buying a lot more feature phones than smartphones. So the question is simple: which one be government owned? Inside the thing, let me buy my knockoff iPhone. It's very weird. So I get the fact that governments government have like something like a standard organization, right, okay. to prevent the importation mm. or coming in of counterfeit products okay. into the com- into the country. It's in the best interest of the government mm. that say you don't have counterfeit drugs, mm. you don't have counterfeit food products. Uh, then in countries like the US and UK, they actually put like special uh, regulations on the kind of quality they want mm. in the products you are bringing into the country, mm. right? So, but everything is done at that entry point. entry point. So, but this is looking like a case of trying to cure rather than prevent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're not doing much. I already have the phone. So, are you going to come and take my phone from me? So, why do you need to come and... Mm-hmm. You said you want to disable services to the phone and all of that. Then, and of course, the guys manufacturing these uh, fake phones, they're getting really, really good. Really, really good. Like they can install really, really advanced equipment inside the phone mm. that even your uh, device management system. I know you spot, spot all of them, right? Mm. So, but I mean, in those days when I used to read specs of Symbian phones, right? Not, so there was this platform called Trusted Reviews. Okay. Uh, Edward Chester, God bless you wherever you are. Then there's this platform called Trust, uh, Trusted Reviews. Okay. Then anytime I want to check the review of a phone, say Nokia N95 or E70, whatever. I will go to that platform. If I want to check the specs, I will go to Nokia's platform. Mm-hmm. Now, Nokia has like sep- like the, if you look at it very very closely, you see that the specs for phones coming to Middle East and Africa is different, different. from the specs that's going to US yes, and Europe, yeah. which was very very weird at the time, right? So it means these companies, even for the big big companies that you already know, mm-hmm. they still mm-hmm. demand a certain mm-hmm. standard. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think the focus should be, but yeah, maybe maybe we should not jump into any conclusions yet. True, true. Let's see how this plays out. But yeah, that's well, that thing is very very it weird. Is, it is. Like, why, where's your business? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Like you want to say something? No, like I agree with what you're saying about it being weird. It's it's really weird. So guys, let us know what you think. Maybe there's something we're not saying, and Probably, of course, yeah. uh, I always we're always open to the comments. Uh, yeah. Sending us and we appreciate them. Paulo say we've been battling for how many weeks now? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's I'm really enjoying the conversations and I'm learning a lot. So but from Kenya we're coming to Nigeria. We normally don't typically don't cover funding news on this podcast, but number raised thirty million dollars. What was interesting was hey, this is the funding winter where everybody's shouting, hey, capital is hard, ah, this is this is this. But Number does raise thirty million dollars. It reminds me of Isaac. He says, so in that land, and you will see, <laughs> and you rep- don't even go to Egypt where all there is plenty. There is farming now. Just so there. Mm. So, but number raised thirty million dollars, and they got investment from Shopify. Those were two very very interesting facts. So, Jim was even here to help us out with that. Okay, um, so like you already said, Shop Number got a thirty million pre-series B round from. A couple of investors. It was led by Base Ten Venture, Base Ten Partners, and Shopify was one of the investors. So, um, like you mentioned, it's a bit interesting because I mean, Shopify. Yes, they've invested in a lot of other companies, but what and why are they investing in 
an African startup. So is from, this your first African startup? Is, is it from what I have seen, this is their first. I I haven't seen any other African startup that they've invested in. But it's also very possible they've invested in a lot of other startups that are okay. Maybe not a lot, but maybe one or two other startups in Africa. But I was trying to see the pattern whether there's any pattern in the kind of startups they invest in. So they've they typically invest in start. So Shopify, you know it as this platform where you have a product you want to sell. They just give you everything from a storefront to payment options and all of that. Um, but they also investing in startups that sell directly to consumer. So direct to consumer brands. So it could be. Um, it, it could be they've, they've done an investment in a startup that helps with marketing. They've done it with um, like WhatsApp-based marketing as well. So a lot of it has just been targeting startups that are working directly with customers. I think Number is one of the few fintech startups they've invested in. But why? So I'm also looking at why they would be interested in investing in Number. Um, I was trying to see if I could get a good number of how many people use Shopify in Africa. And it's not, these are not official figures, but the number is around 21,000 people. Majority of them are in South Africa, which okay. is also interesting. If they are in South Africa, why are you investing in a Nigerian yeah. startup? But the the thing is numbers, let's say their suite of services. So a lot of people know them as payment processing, but that's not all they do. So, Yes, they have the POS that you can use to accept payments. You can also accept payments on your website. But recently, they've started building in new features. So um, they have like business, we like call them business banking features. So you can open a business account, a bank account for your business on number. Um, you can also get invoicing. So you want to create an invoice and send to a customer. You can do it. You can track. Um, so if I have... Um, and I have four locations, I can track payments across all those locations using a number account. Um, there's also something they are building, which is like a restaurant management system of, of sorts, where I can, my customers can order food and track the order, everything, like we could, let's call it an order management system um, that restaurants can use. There's there's a, a few other, like we like call them bespoke, options for businesses so uh, if for example i wanted to sell on shopify i guess they could use uh, because of this investment they could now number could be like a payments partner in africa i don't know what payment partners the companies who sell on shopify currently use but number could be a payment partner helping you like you now you have a shopify store in nigeria but number is a payment option. Mm. Um, it could also mean that the Shopify, Shopify sellers in Africa or in Nigeria could also, in, like, they could put in some of these features. So basically, whenever they've done these investments, um, the the companies have, like, they've added features that could help Shopify users. So perhaps, I mean, number is looking at continental expansion. So maybe that's the reason they are doing it. Um, we don't know when they oh. will be doing a, the expansion, but that could be the reason. Or maybe Shopify wants more users from Nigeria mm, because possibly. it's it's also a large market in yeah. Africa, right? And 
a lot of like, a lot of people do you know a lot of online i mean they mostly do it on social media and shopify is probably thinking what if we get all these guys on our platform mm. through number uh, yeah i mean there's bumper yeah bumper number so bump. um that shows that there's I there's mean, a market there yeah. so maybe yeah. this is shopify trying to put because i mean everybody estimates that e-commerce activity is going to grow in, mm. in africa or in nigeria i agree with that uh, although i think that the model might be slightly different so as opposed to a large aggregator it may be smaller e-commerce brands mm. that are hyper focused and about targeted at certain segments that we would have so this could be shopify getting in as early as possible i mean there's already the so number has about 30000 businesses on their platform um, we don't know what the spread is like but the, i mean they also have a mobile money business the or let's call it agent banking business so that agent banking business could probably make up a bulk of the 300000 um, businesses but this could also be shopify trying to get in on the act before it's too late is it possible to see a shopify acquisition shopify acquiring bomba mm. <laughs> mm, i mean yes it is possible so this is um this okay this is this is me uh, so last one there was uh there was kata investing in raise they do similar things and it's is a bit similar to the paystack stripe acquisition that led paystack stripe investment that now led to an acquisition um you could say money point pd that brought up rumors of an acquisition um we can't say for sure whether there will be a shopify number Bump. acquisition so sorry bumper, bumper acquisition yeah. i mean either of them is a fair game actually yeah yeah i mean shopify hasn't done too many acquisitions i mean compared to guys like amazon mm. they've not done too many but they've also made so for example they invested in night, yeah. i think it's afterpay and mm. they became the official buy now pay later partner for for them and they they cashed out big when they went uh, when they went public so that could be the play for them here mm. all right that's that's quite interesting and uh, uh I'd like to see how that plays out stripe paystack was it was a really really interesting one like mm-hmm. by 2020 you could already s- smell it coming this is this could happen this could happen right and it happened so but talking about payments Nigeria's payment space is rife with a lot of issues right now right from the banking side to the startup side then I see virtual card uh, virtual card providers shutting down their services shortlining their services rather or is it like call it shortlining or throttling is throttling that we call it but yeah virtual card payment services so for context in Nigeria it's very very difficult to make payments for international transactions right so let's say you even want to get something on Shopify right now from Nigeria you have to do a lot of mental mathematics before you could actually decide okay this is how i want it's not as straightforward as say buying something from jumia or buying something so shopify amazon all those companies very very difficult right now aliexpress used to be very very easy but now mental gymnastics but these virtual card providers the paydays the cheaper cards the changeras have been offering these services but right now it seems to be an issue in that space yes so i mean we if we think back to 2022 that was that was when we said seen let's say the businesses that offer these services become more vocal so first we had you know 54 living and then all these startups that it was powering 
just had to stop offering or issuing virtual cards for I think a few weeks. So they couldn't issue it. Users could not access the money that was sorry, not access. They couldn't fund their virtual cards. So basically, those cards were useless for a while. But um, last week we saw PD send out messages to users that they would not. They'll be cutting off access to the existing cards that they had, and um, cheaper cash followed up. Last I think that was yesterday. Today's is third, right? Have we fought? But today's fourth. Okay, yeah. So cheaper cash followed up this week and they said from May second, that was Tuesday, um any any declined transaction because of insufficient funds. So no more insufficient funds. I think we should play it at this point. <laughs> so any declined transaction because of insufficient funds will attract a five hundred naira fee. So but what I find uh, scary now is okay. People don't typically fund their virtual cards down. Yeah, they just send money to it when they want to use it. Mm-hmm. Right? Then, I mean, the day I opened, I wanted to deduct their money for GPT four. Mm-hmm. There was no money in the Jipper cash, and it declined. Yeah, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Zero dollars. They couldn't make any decision, but. It's not through any fault of mine. Oh, mm. I tried to send money to Ripper Cash. It didn't work. Network. It was not going through. Mm. So I'm going to be penalized for that. Yes, you will be. Well done. <laughs> well done, oh, you people. All right. So, but I mean, for from what I see, it's like that's like the standard in a lot more, of more developed countries. Yes. So why has that not been like a thing? So, but what is the issue? Gong, gong, gong. Like, what's the Okay, so maybe I'll start by tracing why we even need... You mentioned a bit, why do we even need virtual cards in the first place? So, virtual cards just work like your regular cards. You fund them, you make transactions. But in the last one year, we've seen that because of FX challenges, uh, for context, if you're not a, a Nigerian or Ghanaian, you, don't, you probably do not relate. But we've been struggling to get dollars, basically. We just can't get dollars. And we need dollars if you are going to pay for Amazon Prime, Shop, um, Shopify, Netflix, YouTube, subs, music. YouTube music, and stuff like that. You right? don't need this for Amazon Prime. Oh, you don't need it for Amazon yeah, Prime. Yeah, they, they are charging natively. Oh, uh-huh. no. okay. So Netflix to natively. All right. So if we want to make all those payments, we need dollars, and we can't. They, they, there are very, very few options. You go to your bank, and you get it. The bank says no, we don't have dollars. Go to the bureau, the change guys on the street. You go there, and it's about. I think 760 naira. It's a lot of work. Not everybody wants to go around. So, in coming our virtual card, virtual providers. card providers, and they okay. do all of that. So, all I just need to do is download your app, create one, and fund the card. And then you charge me fees that my bank would charge me regularly for using a for every transaction I make, mm-hmm. right? So, the problem now is that um, those virtual card providers... So, Virtual card providers have the same problem that all other guys have. And from from what I've heard, a lot of the time, when, you know, 54 left, we had chargeback fraud. I think we've talked about chargeback fraud at, on a previous episode. But just to explain, um, when you buy a product on Amazon and the product gets to you and you don't like that product, you can dispute it and then your money will be refunded. Right, but people can also get those products, dispute the transaction, and tell you that they did not authorize that transaction, mm. and now you have to refund them. Refund. So 
in order for that process to be done, your provider, your banking provider or your card provider has to go to their card card scheme. So this could be MasterCard or Visa and say, oh, this guy says he didn't authorize this transaction. Can you verify this? It takes a lot of time. Um, it could be anywhere from weeks to months for that to be done. And that's where it now become, becomes a, a fraudulent action. They, they, I have not been able to get like specific figures of how much businesses lose. Well, apparently it's a big deal for businesses because it takes out, it, there's a lot of time because sometimes the process can even get manual for them to uh, confirm that you're not defrauding them. So what they just do is that, how do you know that someone did not authorize a transaction when his PIN was used? You can't detect any uh, malicious activity on his account, but he says he didn't authorize it. So um, how do you know that this guy actually is telling you the truth? It's very difficult because well, you don't have you're not in his mind. Mm. So all of those processes is cumbersome, and businesses would rather not have it. So right now there has been an increase in chargeback frauds. Then you also talked about declined transactions. A lot of the time we sign up for services that we just want the free trial, and when the free trial expires, because there's no money there, they just can't charge you. So every single time that um, you get the message, this transaction was declined. Mm-hmm. Um, they cha- the, some card schemes charge your provider for that. Um, the fees vary, mm-hmm. but for both chargeback fraud and the declines, it could be anywhere from $20 to $100. Uh, $100. No, but you can't blame us. I remember the day one of my guys LinkedIn dis- uh, deducted money for after he did the whole LinkedIn premium trial. LinkedIn mm-hmm. and deducted the money. Mm. For the premium, mm. about fifty something thousand in one month. The guy could not see through that day. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, I, I I get that. But for it's costing the businesses money. Like it's costing it's like actual cash. money for them to dispute a transaction. And every single time that the card, uh, the card is declined. There's also the fact that um, Mastercard, for example, says your chargeback rate should be less than one percent. Or highest one percent. So, um, I spoke to a founder who said that they are beginning to see ridiculously high numbers, and same same thing with what happened with you know fifty four. Where Mastercard had to tell them, "Look, what's happening? We are getting complaints. What's happening?" So once it gets above that threshold, you actually pay penalties for that. Mm. Okay. So every uh, those those actions on our part, which may not be intentional, um, it's impacting the businesses. They have to pay for it. So you were asking why um, why they are doing this or why you should be penalized. So I'm looking at it. Um, if cheaper cash is charging you 500 naira, that is less than $1. Okay, maybe if you use CBN rate, it's about a dollar plus. right? It's probably not enough for them to cover the cost of um, that declined transaction for you. right? So that means every, for every time that this has happened in the past. Let's just assume that, okay, yes, it was actually 500 naira. But every time your card has declined in the past, you were paying 500 naira to MasterCard. Right? You're making, you're, you're doing a business. You don't want to run at a loss. So I, I, I don't know how many numbers, like the, these client transactions they have. Be a lot. Obviously, there has to be significant money being lost because of this. So that's where the problem is coming. And, um, 
there are some conversations around disposable cards. So you want to fund YouTube Music for this month, you get a disposable card, which is uh, actually a thing in some parts of the world. You you do it, and then you get um, you get like just it, just that card will only be available for that that month, and then you move on. So on your own part, you fund it, you do what you want to do, you move on. The the card provider doesn't have to incur any, any loss any loss on oh. that, which I think is be a good a, a, way for yeah. actually because a lot of people complain about cheaper cash charging them, but like someone pointed out, we become so used to, and it's it's through no fault of ours. Um, don't don't introduce people to a vibe you can't maintain. That was mm-hmm. what the fintech startups did, where a lot of their services were free, and then the moment they say adding fees, people are like, "But you didn't tell me this when we got started." Yeah. So I think it's interesting that all of this is happening just when businesses are struggling to raise money. But I think it's it sh- is is good, mm. and would probably provide a template for others going forward. That don't start what you can finish basically. So yes, if you have a card, go and fund your card. Or if you don't, if you don't fund your card, um, cancel your, your subscription. But what if like me, network did not go? Well, so if because that doesn't go, yes, it happens. it happens. So I guess this is now where we can try and help them by canceling the, the sub. It's easier for you to cancel the subscription than for you to transfer money. So maybe that would be a better option. Okay. Cancel your subs, though, people. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's an interesting one. And uh, I would like to see, I mean, we're, we're having an article about it, right? So, yeah. yeah, if you want to read more about the whole chargeback um, virtual card issues, just head to Africa. Now, finally, we want to round up with this story, which... Sorry, I'm breathing in so I can prepare for dragging. Hey, yes, hey. Lagos st- uh, state government announced that they were going to be launching electric buses oh, yes. in Lagos. Oh, yes. All right. So, <coughs> I mean, I guess because uh, they made an amendment in the federal government that, oh, states cannot generate their own power or something. Is that is that like the thinking behind this? But no, let me not preempt you. Go <laughs> on, please. Okay, all right. Yeah, so um, if you are... If you are on Twitter, often I'm sure you'll have seen um, the Lagos State Governor announcing that um, it's so like the first set of electric buses are now in Lagos, part of their um, mass transit, their super mass transit um, program. So the buses they gave us some some stats right about the buses. So. On a few on a full charge, they can go for, they can keep walking for around two hundred and eighty kilometers. Um, they also because the electric buses, there's no fumes, so there's no environmental. Two hundred and eighty kilometers convert that to traffic. Mm-hmm. All right, so so th- to when you think about it, right? I I tried to do a calculation last night, and that's like going from Bega to Tafawa Baliba Square it's all nine times. Like go come, go come, go come. Tafawa Baliba Square. Go alone. Like keep going, keep going, yes. Yes. Around eight times. Eight times. Yes. With no traffic. I mean with no traffic. That's with no like when you think about it, that means you have to somehow approximate for traffic with okay, that. So how many hours are we talking about? I mean the distance may not be clear. How many hours are we talking about? Okay, so let's say it will take you, uh, let's say to take you around 
without traffic, right? You are going from Bega to Tafua Balewa Square. Let's say to take you an hour. Take right. me an hour. That's eight hours. That means the on bus full charge, you can do on a full hours. charge, it can continue working without dying for around eight hours. So that means right. um, give or take the the bus should be able to do two trips, like two two trips every yeah every day. Yes, and they also said they said the normal BRT buses that we have, the one that uses fossil fuel, they are, they do on a daily basis. The old travel they do is usually no more than two hundred kilometers an hour, mm. right? Yeah. So and they've also and when you talk about EVs, one something that comes to people's mind is ah no light. How do you want to charge? Mm. So they've patterned with um Orlando, right? Um, so is said that, Orlando. Is it Orlando? Orlando. Oh please, somebody help me out. <laughs> I've heard I've heard everything from Orlando to Orlando. I don't even know. I, I don't know. You are saying Orlando? Have you Orlando? Orlando. Or is it Orlando? We'll be fine. Or Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> okay, All right. So it's the um. They are clean energy um, subsection of the Oando. <laughs> so they are the ones that will be providing the charging stations and everything. But then, you know, they've given up this, the fact like, okay, that means you can stay on the road for long. Okay, That means we don't have to worry about charging. But there are still some things to worry about, right? And that is when you use electric vehicles, right? I mean... When when we did when you did your interview with um Tolu Williams, the founder of Siltech, you know, he said he had to make a lot of modifications. He saw something outside the country, he liked it, wanted to replicate it here. But he realized he has to make uh, make a lot of modifications, right? And the reason why is even the users themselves, the way Nigerians use things is different from the way someone in the UK or someone in China will use it. Right. So you need to put that into consideration. You also need to put roads into consideration. EVs are electric cars, right? Normally, cars don't like to enter flood. But when EVs enter flood, it's worse, right? It's because they're electric. They, have, they lo- use electric motors, right? And electric and water, they don't go together. Another thing to worry about is the weather, <laughs> right? Yes, okay. you might have 280 kilometers range, but then, um, it can be Lagos can be hotter than some parts of the world, right? And when there's a lot of heat, your two eighty kilometer range might reduce, might fall to like one ninety. That's because, I mean, even with your phone, you notice that when you use your phone, maybe you play really heavy games and your phone gets hot. You notice your battery drains a lot faster than. How it will drain? Maybe you say you are just on Twitter or something. So Nigeria is, I mean, Africa in general, or say Sub-Saharan Africa, it's a hot place, right? So you need to put all these things into consideration. And I also noticed that Owando themselves, they had like this, um, like a report they did one time where they were talking about um, if Nigeria is like ready for EVs and. From what I saw, you were basically saying no. Because when you look at electricity, like we don't really have electricity, right? That means it would take a lot, right? It would take a lot for you to create this infrastructure for EVs in Nigeria. So I'm thinking, 
would is would if Orlando does this, I don't know what the partnership is like. I don't know what the give and take is like. But from what they are seeing, the amount of investment they will need to do for this infrastructure. Well, let's say it's just the buses. It's not as if everybody in Lagos start using it. It's, but it still cost a lot. So would they really be willing to do enough that all these buses will be charged and then by the time you go to the bus stop, you'll be able to use them, right? So another thing we need to think about is um, before we start, you know, bashing and, you know, analysis and all that, they said there will be a pilot scheme, right? It's not as if, oh, we have electric cars, so yeah, come and enter, let's take it. There'll be a pilot scheme where they will test things out, where they will know, okay, can this work and this not work? What do we need to change? Right, so that's like a disclaimer. No, no, you, you address some of my concerns. I'm not <laughs> going to bash you because they said I don't have time again. But it's fine. But well, you know, when you were talking about flood, the image I entered in my head was that BRT bus in Lekki that people had to be bailing water out of. <laughs> I mean, things like that. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, but let's leave it there. I think my only beef is they didn't partner with a local. EV manufacturer. Yes, yes. And no, I, no, I I'm, I'm not even doing okay. that. <laughs> okay. I'm not doing that. That's my only beef. All right. Did they partner? No, they did not. Good. So, <laughs> if there's anything it's, that it's we should know. Chinese car maker. You tongue. Yes. A Chinese car maker. Mm. Okay. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Do we have EV manufacturers in Nigeria? Yes. yes. But do they manufacture those kinds if you give them at that make, level? If you tell them to make it, they will make it. But <laughs> let's okay. leave the shalaya for another day. But yeah, guys, thank you for joining us and staying with us to this time. There's the Lego Startup Expo that's coming up on May 20th at Landmark Event Center. And uh, we want to use this opportunity to appreciate all our sponsors, Cantonic, Anchor, uh, Cardify, Rachnida, and Gray. And yeah, there are several more on the line and a lot more companies are jumping in. They are snatching up boots. If you go to a TechPoint website, go to the Lego Startup Expo website, legostartupexpo.com, and you see, you can see the whole, everything is visualized there. You can see all the boots that have been picked and the spaces that are available. Just come and showcase. If you're solving a problem, come and give it to people who are looking for solutions to that problem. There's networking. There's a lot of fun going on. There'll be master classes and workshops from a lot of companies that are really, really solving pressing issues in the country. And don't forget to sign up to our newsletter, FinTech Today, uh, handled by Chunguzuri. Then the workaholic by Uluwali Femi Kolawole, who, who decided to escape today. Then, of course, our flagship newsletter, Tech Point Digest. Uh, so, see you guys in the next one. And if you are watching or listening to us from anywhere, for those of our listeners, where can they find us? Okay, you can always find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Hi Art Radio, and anywhere else you can find your podcast. Stewie is smiling. <laughs> 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 it's all right. Bye-bye, people. See you in the next one. Bye. Bye.